You're listening to a leadership message from Pastor Jurgen Matesius here at Awaken Church. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Uh, today, the, the title of my message is Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. But before we get into that, can we just sing happy birthday to the beautiful Katie Yeager? Come on, on three, one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Katie Yeager. Happy birthday to you. We absolutely love the Yeagers. We love you, beautiful Katie. Our world is richer and better and greater because you're in it. Amen. We love you. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, Pastor Matt and Lorraine and the great team out there at Salt Lake City, shaking up that place. They had uh, record numbers out there like three weeks in a row and the momentum out there and just incredible. All right, come with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis 47. Genesis 47. I want to try and lay a little bit of a little bit of backdrop and... Uh, under what's what's going on in the world right now, what is going on so that you can have a clear understanding. I have found that whenever I look through the lens of the Scriptures, I see clearly. When I look through the lens of the Scriptures, I see clearly. The first time God speaks is Genesis 1-3. God said, let there be light. Isn't it interesting that His Word going forth illuminates? The human eye requires light to see. Where there's no light, you cannot see. Where light is present, you can see. So God's word goes forth. Let there be light. His word brings light. So his word illuminates. His word enables us to see clearly. The next thing that God does is he separates the darkness from the light. He separates. He distinguishes. And so when, when the word of God goes forward, you're able to look into a situation and you're able to discern. You're able to distinguish. You're able to, to understand good from evil, darkness from light, night from day. You're able to do those things from the word of God. So, so that's why it is so important that everything that happens, get yourself to the word of God. When you feel unsettled, when you feel uneasy, go to the word of God and let the word of God illuminate for you. So, uh, Genesis 47, verse 13, there was no bread in all the land for the famine was very severe. Everyone say crises. Everyone say pandemic. So there was no bread in all the land for the famine was very severe. So the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they had bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh's house. So where, where did the money of the land end up? Okay. So when all the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, Give your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph. And Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle, the herds, the donkeys, 
Thus, he fed them with bread in exchange for their livestock that year. When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has all of our herds, all of our livestock, businesses. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. As for the people, he moved them into cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priests he did not buy. For the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, it's interesting the priests didn't. The priests were unaffected. The priests didn't. The priests, there's something about. Then Joseph said, indeed, I've bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you and you shall sow in the land. It shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths shall be your own, 20%. He takes a double tithe. As seed for the field and for, for your food, for those of your household and as food for your little ones. So they said, you have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord and we will be Pharaoh's servants. So Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have one fifth except for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. So we wonder how did slavery come to Egypt? Slavery came to Egypt through a crisis. Slavery came to Egypt through a pandemic. And the people, the people exchanged little by little their freedoms in exchange for safety and security. They were, there's no food. Oh, oh my God, where, how are we going to eat? Where are we going to get our next? And so they, so they kept every year, they just kept, kept getting. So the pattern that we're seeing in the world, this is not a first time pattern. What you're seeing going on is from Satan's original playbook. This is the playbook. By the end of this story, the entire land is no longer free, but they are slaves of Pharaoh. The government becomes rich and all-powerful, and the people become absolutely uh inept, they become completely bankrupt, they become completely broken, they become completely subservient, they have nothing, they have no land with which to barter, they have, all they have is just their lives that they give in slavery. There's an agenda, a 2030 agenda that by 2030 you will own nothing, have no privacy, but you'll be very happy. But you'll be very happy, says who? You'll be very happy or you will be shot. Beatings will continue until morale improves. It's like, I, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I want to have something to negotiate. I want to have something to barter with. Because whoever owns the land writes the rules. Whoever owns the territory writes the rules. We were able to stay open in a pandemic because we own buildings. If we didn't own buildings, we would have been like most churches, having to beg, borrow with with landlords, can we please be open? Can we please? But because we had buildings, we were able to say, hey, blow it out your shorts. We've got our buildings. 
We're going to stay open. We're going to minister because we own territory. So you need to understand that, that, that crises are used. Crises are used by governments to extract your freedoms. And what they offer you is, is a false sense of security. The ultimate, the ultimate agenda is your slavery. Now, if I was to ask you this question, uh, which, which organization, and let's just, just only go back 100 years, uh, in the last, let's say in the 20th century, which organization was the greatest killing, murdering organization? Government. Not Planned Parenthood, government. Government is the greatest killer of human beings in human history. It was the government of Joseph Stalin that murdered something like 70 to 80 million of its own people. It was the government of Pol Pot that wiped out almost 60% of the Cambodian population. It was the government, the Nazi government under Adolf Hitler, that destroyed 6 million Jews and anywhere up to about 8 million other people perished under. It was the government of Mao Zedong that murdered 60 plus million people. It's government. Government has all, and yet we talk to fools who, who live in cognitive dissonance who say, you know, well, I can't believe the government wouldn't, the government wouldn't, well, the, what, what? the government, like, Listen, this is, this, is how, this is how absolutely stupefied people are. That they, that they, ha, they put their faith in the government and will kind of poo-poo church leadership and church and pastors, and, but they, they've got their faith. So, so you're trying to tell me that, that, that me as a Christian leader that reads this book that with all my heart wants to honor and obey the commandments of the Lord, but I shouldn't be trusted. But politicians who have no regard for the Lord, have no regard for his laws, have no, no desire to honor him or keep his commandments, I should trust them that they are somehow not corrupted. They are somehow not greedy. They are not malevolent. That, that we should, we should, no, we should trust the government and come on church, you know, you need to just, just mute. You just need to, in Australia right now, you, most of the Christians we talk to, oh my gosh, they're trusting the government. And I'm like, you do realize these people don't have any regard for God. They, they don't like God. They don't like his laws. A word, a word that I just want to, to highlight today that you're going to hear that, that they use continually and the book of Genesis is the book of origins. So everything that happens has an origin. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, the chicken, because God created the chicken that laid the egg. It's very simple if you're a Christian. But if you're, if you're, if you're not a Christian, then it's, it's an enigma you can't solve. But it's very easy. God created from the dust. The Lord created all the beasts of the field and... And he put seed in them to reproduce. So it's, we know the chicken came first, the chicken laid eggs, and therefore. So, so Genesis, the book of origins, is the book of beginnings, the book of beginnings. The word that you will hear continually thrown around to blindside you, and it's, and it's done with arrogance and it's done with disdain, is, well, you know, the science. 
Well, you know, we, you know, we just need to follow the science. And you'll, you'll see this especially used by the left. They, 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 this, it's the same science, the same science that there's 57, 67 genders. Right? It, it's the same science that it, this, is not, this is not a life. It's just, it's, but they're the ones who are the party of science. So they'll keep, they'll keep talking about, well, you know, the science is overwhelming. We need to, uh, you know, vaccinate all of our children, even though with the schools where kids have contracted COVID, there's been zero deaths of kids from COVID. But no, they want to they vaccinate our children. They want to vaccinate. I was talking to my pool guy this morning who, was, who got smacked with COVID. I said, oh, man, I heard you had COVID. Oh, man, it was terrible. I was out for seven days, and as I'm talking to him, he says, yeah, you know, I should have got the, you know, I don't know why I didn't get the, the, um, the vaccination. I should have got the vaccination. I said, oh, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, my kids, because they play sport in South Bay, they had to be vaccinated to, you know, continue to play sport. So, so we went in and we got them vaccinated, and then my wife got vaccinated, and then they said, hey, do you want to? And I said, nah, I'm fine. I don't need the shot. He goes, man, I should have realized because like four days later, all of a sudden, I just got hit with it. Man, I, why didn't I do it? Why didn't I do it? And I'm like, you're, they injected your kid. That's the, the agenda of the mass vaccination is to keep the virus going. It's not to stop the virus. The, the, data, the data shows unequivocally that the people in the hospitals are the vaccinated. The people in the hospitals right now Israel has almost like a 95 or 96% vaccination rate and 84% of all people contracting the Delta variants and the other variants are all people who are double vaccinated and many of them have, the, have had their third booster and they're contracting it. Fauci comes out saying that we're going to see an epidemic of children and young people in the hospitals with COVID. Really, Prophet, how do you know that? Aha, uh -huh, because you can see we're going to be inject, we're going to be ma mass injecting people with vaccinations that we know produce the Delta variants, that produce all the variants. And then we're going to say, man, see, we got to get every, we got to, we, we got to go after those Christians who refuse to let their bodies be surrendered to, to science. So let me go back to, to the word science. Does anybody know what the word science means? So conscience is conscience to know, to know, to be aware, to know. So the word science comes from the word knowing or knowledge. Science comes from the word knowing or knowledge. In Genesis 3, Satan said, if you eat from that tree, you will be like God, science, good and evil. You'll be like God knowing. Good. You'll be like God. So whenever you hear the left, because it's always the left that default to, well, you know, the science, well, the science, we're going to listen to the science, we're going to follow the science on this one, Ken. The science is the si science comes from knowing. Where do, why do we keep hearing this? Because it goes back to Genesis 3. Those that ate from the tree, the man has become like us, knowing good and evil. The man has become like a science. 
And so their default is always an arrogance of we know the, the science. And so we hear this continually going over and over again that, they, that their trust isn't in what God has said. Their trust is in their rebellion. Their trust is in their experience. Their trust is in their knowledge. It's not in what God has said because that was, that was the split. That was the fracture. That was the point where everything turned to custard. Instead of obeying what God said implicitly, they went to science. They went to knowing. And so that's why when you keep... Now, I'm not saying that science is bad because, you know, obviously the, some of the greatest scientists are Christian, but I'm just trying to get your ears to prick up that when you hear science from ungodly people, it's, it's their default. It's their, they're highlighting we are smarter because of our rebellion. The greatest thing we ever did was stop listening to the word of God. And that's the spirit that is behind all the people that are quoting the science. We've got to get away from that primitive. We've got to... And, it's not just right now. It's been in every century. Adolf Hitler, everything that they did was they were following the science. They were following the science. Joseph Stalin, uh, the science says that collectivism is the way to, you know, we need to, the science. They always quote the science. And what that is, is, hey, we don't honor God. We don't follow his, we, we've reached out to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And our deductions have proven. And this is what our data suggests. And it's all manipulated, but it's a manipulation around their rebellion from the word of God. And that's why the word of God is so detested. But I thank God that we've got a church that understands the wiles of the wicked one that keeps speaking and declaring the word of God into our culture. Somebody say amen. So uh, obviously yesterday, there's an overwhelming support for nay and they, that the fix was already in. But I'm telling you, we, we are going to lift up a battle. We're gonna, we, are fight, we are here to fight for our city and fight we will because I want you to come to Proverbs 21 verse 22. Proverbs 21 verse 22 says, A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. <clears throat> if I was honest with you, Leanne and I have never ever had as our driving agenda, our driving force, we want to build a big church. We've, we've actually never had that. To your ego, you know, it's, it's good when you see crowds and you see packed and you see altars packed and people getting saved and lives getting changed. It's, you know, it can stroke you, but it's never, we've never allowed it to be our, our dominant position, our dominant drive. We've, we've always felt that God was calling us to a city to give our lives for that city. That, that, that our assignment here is not to build one megaopolis church, you know, that, that everybody can see from the freeway and that's where everybody goes and it's a monument to us, that, that 16 campuses. And we give away the preaching, we give away the authority, we raise up leaders and we keep giving it away because we know that, we know that this is not about Jürgen and Liam, we know it's about a city, that God loves the city. And then he looked for a man and a woman who would give their lives for a city, who would build a wall for a city, who would cry out to God on behalf of a city. So, so we know that God called us to, to win a city. The Bible says there the wise man, so it's wisdom, scales the city of the mighty and brings down its strongholds. And so we, we know that, that our agenda here is that our mission, our mission impossible is to scale the city of San Diego 
It, there may be some mighty people in there. There may be some strongholds, but you know what? A wise man, and where does wisdom come from? Comes from God, scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted strongholds. So we're going to be bringing down the strongholds of the enemy. And we do that absolutely through understanding the spiritual realm, understanding spiritual warfare, that we have warfare, that we know that praise sets ambushes amongst the enemy. We, we know that, that, that people motivate and people militant. Can I just say this? It's very interesting. When uh, Governor Abbott in Texas passed the... Um, the heartbeat law to, to ban abortion in Texas, the Biden administration immediately filed lawsuits when, when it, it came out after the election that there was, there was uh, affidavits and witnesses of rampant voter fraud. The very next day, there were planes full of Democrat lawyers flown into those cities to file lawsuits to create firewalls in between. They couldn't even pick up a phone. They couldn't look at a machine. They couldn't, they couldn't get the servers. They couldn't get any of the, because of all the lawsuits. They, and General Flynn called it lawfare. Well, guess what? Two can play at that. So I know that what happened yesterday was illegal. The school board is not allowed. They have no jurisdiction, have no authority to include into their curriculum the injecting of a substance into our kids, especially one that is not yet approved by the FDA. So guess what? We're going to come at you with some lawfare. We're going to come at you in every single direction. We're going to begin to, we're, we're going to begin to take the fight. We're going to begin to pull down principality. We're going to begin to pull down their strongholds. We're going to begin to pull down because we have a responsibility because because every generation has to fight for this, for their city. Every generation has to fight for their young people. And God, you know, I used to wonder why God sent us to, to America. And I used to, you know, I was, I was grateful. Flip, what a country to live in, my gosh. And, uh, but now I realize why, oh, okay, you needed, you know, a scrapper, a fighter, you know, someone just, just German and arrogant enough to not bend and buckle to, uh, that's, that's, why, that's why we're here. We're here to fight for this great nation because if America falls, everything's gone. America is the light. And so we've got to fight for that. Somebody say amen. 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 So the wise man scales the city of the mighty. So say all of that to say the, these th things. Uh, when, when we first started the church, many of you have heard the story that, um, you know, people gave me advice. Uh, beautiful Pastor Katie, they gave me advice. They said, three things you don't want to do. Three things, you, if you want to build a big church in San Diego, which was never the goal, but we'll take it. It was just never the goal. They said, well, if you want to build a big church in San Diego, I'm like, well, it's not really our motivation, but go ahead. They said, number one, don't, whatever you do, don't go spirit-filled. Do not go spirit-filled. This is a Calvary Chapels, you know, seeker-friendly, you know, the biggest, the fastest-growing churches, they're the seeker-friendly ones. Be a seeker-friendly church. Okay, so no moving in the Holy Spirit. Number two, women in leadership. I don't know where you get that, but don't put women in leadership. And then, you know, the third one is, you know, obviously money. Don't, it's Southern California. People are really materialistic. You know, there'll be a silent covenant with the people. If you don't talk to them about their money, they'll keep turning up on a Sunday. But the day that you, they'll walk and they'll find another church that doesn't talk about their money. So I'm like, okay, thank you. So it was really good for me because I'm like, okay, God, like, what three things do I hit? And then they gave them to me. I'm like, oh, brilliant. Okay, we're going to build our church on those three things. We're going to build our church on the Holy Ghost. And, 
And I kind of felt like anyway, I remember, you know, Leanne, the first move of the Holy Spirit we had, we lost, you know, two-thirds of our worship team. We lost our kids' church worker. You know, she was hiding under the stairs, shaking because people were speaking in tongues. And it was just, you know, just it was just like, wow, okay. And uh, people shouldn't fall over backwards. It's a, it's a curse. It's a judgment. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and it, was just, it was just weird. But I, but I remember just, you know, saying to Leanne, I said, you know, God didn't bring us all the way from Sydney to San Diego to give San Diego what they already had. Why would he do that? He obviously saw something in San Diego that they needed, so he took a seed from a foreign soil and planted that seed into this soil because whatever was in that seed is what he wanted. And I got radically filled with the Holy Ghost, radically saved, radically baptized in the Holy Spirit, radically delivered, radically healed, radically set free, radically transformed. He's like, that's what I want for San Diego. So... So the devil is trying to say, hey, well, you can be here. Just don't, just don't be you. And I'm like, ah, I'm not real good at not being me. I got to be me. And, I, and how, how could I get, how could I rob from other people the very things that God gave me? So we are a Holy Ghost church because we believe that power shall come upon you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So we're a church that believes that God wants you to have power. He wants you to have power in your work, power in the community, power in the Holy Ghost. You are not powerless. You are powerful. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Micah 3.8, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord, says Micah. Not only is there power, but there's prophetic. The prophetic flows in the Holy Ghost. The prophetic has two sides. It has a discerning side, but it also has a foretelling side. That when the, when the Word of God is anointed under the Holy Ghost and goes forth from your lips, the Spirit of God was hovering, then God said, and light was because the two working together is a tinderbox. It's, it's an explosive dynamic. And so we know that when we're under the anointing, the unction of the Holy Ghost, and we begin to shoot out words, those words go out and they bring light. They overcome the darkness with light. We know that there's healing. We know that there's deliverance. We know that the miraculous flows from the Holy Ghost. We're going to need some healing. We're going to need some deliverance because we're going to have people that get saved. They've got the, they got the vaccination and this is paralyzed and that is jacked up. Well, guess what? Come into this house because in this house, we believe that if you drink anything deadly, it shall by no means harm you, that there is a power that is greater than the graphene that has gone into your system. There is, a, there is a power that inoculates the poisons of men. The apostle Paul was bitten by a serpent and he just shook it off into the fire. And when the people saw that the toxins, the hematoxins had no power over him, rather he had power over the hematoxins, that he was unaffected, they began to think that he was a God. And I'm telling you, there is a power that is available in the Holy Ghost. I thank God that we're a unapologetic tongue-talking Devil driving out, power of God loosing church. We're a Holy Ghost church. We're a Holy Ghost church. And then how awesome, how awesome is some of our greatest ministers and our greatest warriors and our greatest preachers are women. What, what, what Shauna Johnson has done in kids' church? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Can you, ima can you imagine? We, we, we thought, oh, you tell us, well, oh, we can't, we can't ordain her as a pastor because she's a woman. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Like, 
what, where our church would be, where our kids would be. Like when I look at, when I look at Becky Lynn Heinrichs down there at the superintendent saying, and I'm praying that you don't have any rest in your sleep. I'm calling you out, Jezebel. We come against spirits of my, I'm like, unleash the lioness, Ariel, the lioness. When, when I look at our amazing pastors and preachers and I mean, most of them are the girls. I mean, I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm like running just to try and catch up with the, with the girls. The anointing on our women, the, the Esther anointing on our women. Do you know, it's very interesting. Like I've been on this kind of little, little bit of a trek and I know I'm kind of just hit time, but understanding authority. And, and I think you, you've heard me say that one of the revelations God showed me is that, that God's authority is dual. Just like righteousness and justice, mercy and truth, God's authority is both kingly and it's also priestly. It's kingly and it's priestly. And in a home, in a home, you'll find this, this same thing. That, that, you know, there's a kingly authority and a priestly authority. And the priestly is the mercy atonement. And the king, the Bible says, a king scatters all evil with his eyes. A king who sits on the throne of judgment scatters all evil with his eyes. So king and judgment authority. And then the priest is the atonement. The priest is the discerning, the compassionate, the mercy. So in a home, quite often, if a child's misbehaving, the mama will say, you wait till your father gets home. <laughs> and then the kid knows, uh-oh, when dad gets home, the law gets home. The king gets home. The authority gets home. And shoot, unless... Mama priest makes atonement. Unless, unless, and the mothers carry the mercy. And it's this beautiful, it's this beautiful balance in the home. But it's, it's actually meant to be the beautiful balance in the community. It's actually meant to be the beautiful balance in the house of God. It's actually meant to be the most beautiful balance in the world. The, 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 the kingly authority is balanced by the priestly authority and the two are parallel, but they work together. And we always see that the, the political wants to, to wipe out the voice of the priest. They want to take out the voice of the church. They want to take out, they want to bring it under. Hitler, Hitler wanted to wipe out all the churches and the churches that remained were the ones who, who ceded their authority to the Nazi party. They were the ones who were, but there was no calling out. The, the, the people that did call him out, that they, were, they were either executed or they were ostracized or put into a concentration camp for, for calling. But that's the, that's the, that's the place, the place of the, of the priest is to call, because as soon as the government can get rid of that, they get rid of conscience and they get rid of compassion. And that's when murder goes through the roof. That's when all kinds of chaos, Satan rides on that and destroys. The founding fathers, the reason they said there, 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 there remains a dividing wall because they recognize, no, no, you, you can't, the King of England kind of messed everything up. He's the king and he's also the head of the church. And he was trying to, no, 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 you need to understand that we need to keep the church out here because she is the moral conscience. Martin Luther King Jr. said the same thing, that the church is the moral conscience. She is the prophetic voice. She's the prophetic unction. She's the one that keeps governments in check and keeps governments accountable. She has to be unaffected. She has to stand. She can't, she can't, 
come under the government or belong to the government where the government can pay or not pay and so bend and pervert and dilute and pollute her words, she must stand alone. And so that's the great battle. The great battle is we are that voice here calling out the government. Well, the church shouldn't be involved in politics. Thank you, little Lucifer. Thank you. <laughs> You're still speaking through well-meaning Christians. <laughs> you did it with Judas, I guess. And so... So no, the church should, the, the church absolutely should be. Like, unless you don't read your Bible, that is, that's. So I thank God, I thank God that we have, that we have women in leadership. And the women, the women aren't subservient to the men, just so you know. There is a beautiful honor and moral order that, you know, the head of the church is Jesus, the head of the the, uh, then Jesus is the head of the man, the man is the head. So we understand all of that. But the way that we see it in our church is when Leanne's preaching, when Kayla Ray's preaching, when Katie's preaching, when Becky's preaching, when any of these magnificent warrior women are preaching, I'm leaning in, I'm taking notes, I'm learning, I'm listening. I don't say, oh, what did they know? I'm leaning in because I know that they are anointed by God and that, that my, my kingly bent as a man needs to lean in and hear the priestly atonement because there's a mercy, there's a kindness, there's a compassion. There's things that Leanne sees in the scriptures that I could read that scripture 1,000 times and not see it. But because of the way that the, the anointing that she carries, she sees things from a heart perspective. Does that make sense? So, and then the last one, I know I'm, I'm way over, but the last one is money, is money. Uh, I just listened to a book that I didn't want to name it. It was just such a terrible, terrible book. And uh, I got to six chapters. I'm waiting each chapter for it to, to redeem itself. And after six chapters, I'm like, man, you're just doubling down with the, and uh, it's it's a it's a it's a Christian minister. Oh, okay, well that should tell you a lot. <laughs> he works for Daily Wire. Oh shoot. Okay. Anyway, uh, just just terrible. Anyway, so he starts going off on you know the prosperity thing, and he's like, and and you know, and Joel Osteen says that if you're generous to other people, you know, you'll find generosity that God will be generous. Where's that in the Bible? I'm like, where's that in the Bible? It's all the way through the freaking Bible, you moron. What part of Proverbs 11:24? you know, the generous soul shall prosper. He who waters others will himself be watered. Well, whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. If you say, what? What the? F anyway, so these people, these people come out with these, these dumb things as though Jesus wanted us poor. And I just thought, I just thought, man, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that, that, we, that we are a church that teaches people biblical prosperity. That we, that, 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 in fact, if anything, it emboldened me, his criticism. And he's criticizing Creflo Dollar. And I'm not saying that some people don't abuse it. Like, well, his church bought him a $60 million jet, you know. And I'm like, well, you know, you could have just done a lease. You don't have to spend six. You know, what I would do if someone said, hey, I want to buy your $60 million jet. I'm like, hang on, we could buy a whole lot more campuses. But what about a lease? What about we spend, you know, 58 million of it on campuses and 2 million on, anyway, so that's just how my brain thinks. So, so God, God has no, God has no problem with money. He's not like he's short of money and, and, and prosperity preaching where the, the goal of prosperity is just your fatness. 
the Bible says that we're blessed to be a blessing. And because we teach every week, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. You know, on top of that, we bring vision builders. Because of that, it's very, very hard to get greedy when you're giving. For God so loved the world, He gave. When, when you're giving, your heart's right. When you're, when you're giving, you're loving. They say, you can, they say you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And the truth is, I find that as, as you're giving, you'll find that wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But I remember just thinking, wow, we're able to have, you know, an El Cajon and what a, what a great video you guys did with uh, the General Jesse and Pastor Michael and Pastor, beautiful Pastor Lisa with their video and walking down and seeing the, the stadium seating and, I mean, the walls going up. How awesome. We're going to have a state-of-the-art building out there in El Cajon. We're fitting out, you know, our Eastlake campus with stadium seating. It's going to be incredible. You know, we're, we're continually expanding, but we're able to do that. We're able to do that because it's not that we're extracting money from people. The testimonies that we hear every single week is, Pastor, because of this house, Pastor, because of the, the, the life that we're living. And you ask those people, hang on, oh, so you're living this you just bought the fattest house you, you've ever bought in your life. Uh-huh. It's because you didn't give to the church. It's because you the money you could have given to Vision Builders, you instead rerouted to, to buy a big fat house. And they'll tell you, no, 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 we've never given at a high level, and yet we've never been blessed at a high level. We've never given so much money away. And we're, we're, because give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall be poured into your lap. So I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful that we were attacked in this area because we're called to operate in mission impossible. And mission impossible is we understand that we're a Holy Ghost church because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes the impossible possible, that we, we elevate our, our warrior women. This week, Cherish is going to be off the freaking chain. 2,500 women over two weekends, two conferences are going to have their worlds rock. What that's going to do to our city. And I thank God that we teach people biblical economics unashamed, unapologetic, and it causes them to flourish and it causes our church to flourish. It causes us to be able to buy buildings. It causes us to be able to be, to be landlords. We're lords over land so that they can't tell us what we can and can't do over our land. This is our territory. We're going to remain open. We will minister to the broken. We will minister to the lost. We will minister to the unvaccinated. We will minister to people struggling in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Ten minutes over. I'm in big trouble again. Lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you right now for the anointing that rests upon this house. Father, we recognize science. The people that quote science, what they're saying is we know because we've rejected God and we know from our experience, experiential, we know in our rebellion, it's knowing, not, we, are, a, we, we in our arrogance think that we know good and evil. But God discerned, oh my gosh, the man has become like us but doesn't have the wisdom to process what he's just stumbled into. Therefore, I've got to remove him from the garden lest he reach out his hand to the tree of life and live forever in this broken, dysfunctional state, amplified. I need to remove him. I need to now set boundaries around about him. Father, we thank you right now, Lord God, for 
the city of San Diego. We thank you, Lord God, that the fight has only just begun. But we thank you, Lord God, that we know that the outcome is certain. The outcome is victory. If my people and we, your people, will rise in this hour, we will lawfare, we will warfare, we will take down, we will pull down, we will replace, we will raise up, we will rise up, we will put great men and great godly women in positions of authority so that San Diego becomes a stronghold. We will have clean elections here and it'll spread from San Diego all the way up to California and then eventually right around the United States of America. We thank you for our city. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.